welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. Babylon. Babylon represents in God's Word a place of exile. It's actually, my understanding, the present-day Baghdad. Uh, but exiled and excluded or bless and exalt. And uh, we're going to share God's Word, unpack that with you about our response when we find ourselves in Babylon. And in a, in a sense, um, in a sense, uh, it's, it's that place where the values around you are no longer yours. Uh, the language is no longer yours. You feel out of place. And um, you, we have a choice. And we're going to look at God's Word. I believe it's going to help us today to be a blessing as we live in this place now, this present culture that we can literally say call Babylon. Uh, this, how many know we're not in Kansas anymore? All right, it, that we're, we're here, and God intends for us, and He has a way for us to be a blessing. This is the last of the series of Double Blessing. The Double Blessing series was that we have been blessed together with Christ Jesus in, in heavenly places. He's poured out all His blessings. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. But as we flip those blessings, as we become a person of blessing, that we also are blessed even more uh, beyond what we can begin to think or imagine. Um, and all of us at some point in life, and probably more than one point in life, you will find yourself in a Babylon situation. How many recognize this? How many have never used one of these things? Okay, all right, raise your hand, yeah. It's called a map, M-A-P, all right. Oh, honestly, how many have never used a map? Just let me see your hand. Or a few, yeah, there you go, okay. And uh, thank you, McFerrin girls, for being here, and all the other college university students are home, and uh, Valerie Fuqua's home, and, and those, uh, if there's other here, we just welcome you, but um, thank you for that. Uh, this is 28 years old, and the reason that this came into my possession and the reason it's all well used, and in fact, I actually had to scotch tape it together to make it even presentable to come to church this morning. In the fall of 1991, my wife and I responded to the call of God to leave our small town America and where everybody knew everybody, and of, in the church there was 140, 150 different families, and only three of them were from what they called the outside. How many know that that's a different situation? And we had built a brand new home on the Cadogan Flats Road that connected uh, Ford City, a town of 3,500 or so, with the booming metropolis of Cadogan, had about 200 people there. We were the first home built in 30-plus years, and in the evening time, you could probably count the cars on one hand that would go past, and that was a main road in that area, a main road that, that went along the Allegheny River. 
And so we moved here in September of 1991, and Trinity Life, uh, under Pastor Earl Ball at that time, had, uh, had decided that they were going to get behind our vision and they were going to plant us. And so I became part of the staff. And in the orientation, I was informed that they had a prayer meeting once a week for all staff and whoever else wanted to come, but it met at 6 o'clock in the morning. And by the way, by the way, I feel today that I gained an hour of sleep instead of lost an hour. You say, what are you, crazy? No, I normally wake up at 5 o'clock or 4.30. Today I woke up at 6 o'clock. How about that? Yeah, so I feel I've gained an hour. And so um, I got on, the, uh, on that day. They said, leave it, take an hour or so to get down that 25 miles because the, you might run into traffic. I got on I-95. I'd never seen anything like it in my life, honestly. We went from small-town America where there might have been one, two stoplights in town at the most. It wasn't very many, I can tell you that, where the sidewalks rolled up at nighttime. Better not run out of gas after 5 o'clock because you're out of luck. That's all I could say. And we came down here, and I got on I-95 about 5 o'clock in the morning, and I saw a sight that I'd never seen. It was wall-to-wall cars exceeding the speed limit, seemed to me they were bumper to bumper. It felt like NASCAR, and all I could see was their taillights in the dark. And then it really got scary when I got down around White Marsh, and a big old tractor trailer pulled up in the left lane, and I had figured, I'll stay in the middle lane. That's probably the safest. Now, I, uh, uh, But anyway, and then a tractor trailer got on the right hand, and I'm sandwiched between these guys, and they're just going for it. And I honestly, I said, oh, God, dear Jesus, protect me. Save me. Save me. And I had these visions of swerving into them. And I remember when I first went through the tunnels, I was unbelievable. Like, look at how close that wall is to you. And so it wasn't long after that, at some point in time, we went to the Meyerhof, my wife and I did, and it was at nighttime, and uh, going down into the city, ooh, at night, and so we bought this map. This is 28 years old. And so we had sort of mapped it out, and I said, now, babe, this is what we're going to do. We're going to uh, jump in the family uh, uh, Dodge minivan, and I'll drive, and you are going to navigate. And she said, okay, and I said, it, I think it's on page 34 right here, and this is the city, and, and all the streets are there. How many remember these, ne- these maps? Yeah, and there's an index in the back, and you could find out where a house number was by going to the right page and RL and look in the right quadrant. You could find out where it was, and so I said, this will be a relatively simple matter. You tell me when to, where to drive, and I'll do it, because I can't navigate and drive. I, just listen, I want to tell you something. This is one of the most intense conversations that we had. It was memorable. <laughs> My wife, Chris says, I forgot it. That's because she said, from now on, I'm not navigating for you. That's what she said. All right. We finally got there, 
And it might have been something that Trinity was putting on, some spiritual thing they're putting on. And we sat there, you know, like even God couldn't permeate that. That's what it felt like. But a couple years ago, we were up for my nephew's wedding in Boston, which that's a bad city to drive in. Almost as bad as New York City. But I had this thing, and I, I won't, I, all I have to do is go, hey, you can say it out loud, because she doesn't recognize your name, all right? And on the way back, we used it in Boston. On the way back, we had to go through a city that's worse, and that's through the heart of New York City. And I just said, hey, you know what? Uh, get me home, and the next thing you know, and you know, how many know there's a lot of tunnels, there's a lot of bridges, there are different levels, and there's no, there's no way you can drive, and, and the woman at that time, I've changed her to a man. It's just, I, I've just, it's just me, that's all. But, I, but she was accurate. And I was able to navigate because that's the culture of today. How many hear what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, I started to feel more and more and more at home. And the more I use this, I go, wow, that is absolutely amazing. The thing is this, that the big idea is that God has a plan for us. Let's go to the big idea. God has a plan for us, even in exile, a plan to thrive by blessing the Babylon that we find ourselves in. Many, many people told us, don't go down to Baltimore. If you live there, you'll probably be murdered. You'll turn into a drug addict or your daughters will all be ruined. How many hear what I'm saying? But we chose to love this place called the Baltimore Urban Metro Area and ask God, you've called us here. God put in our heart a love for this place so that we can make a difference for God. Praise His name. We're not one and done people. We're in this thing for the long haul. And God has every one of us at some place or some time or another in our lives a place that we can call Babylon, but He has a place for you so that you can thrive and you can bless the Babylon that you're in. So what's it like living in Babylon? Well, the backstory is this. is found in the chapter 28. Um, God had sent, God had, the people of Israel were exiled to Babylon. And Hananiah, the false prophet, said, uh, he said, don't worry, y'all. You're, you're going to be back in two short years. In fact, don't even, don't, don't even bother settling down. You're, you're just, you're just, that's just a rest stop. You're going to come on back. And Jeremiah the prophet said, oh, that's good news. That's wonderful news. You mean this is not for long. And, I, and if that's true, that's the greatest thing ever. But then a little bit later, he says this. He gets in chapter 29. But God says, you're going to be there for 70 years. Not two weeks, but two to three generations. This is what I want you to do. So what's it like living in Babylon? There's this feeling that we say, are we there yet? When are we going to be home? As I look this morning on, as we worship the Lord and the songs are in Spanish, what I'm reminded of, of what it must feel like to be an immigrant in a land that's not your land. 
where the culture is different, where the food is different, where the values are different. That's why God's Word says that we are to, that the people of God were to welcome the foreigners. How many know that? To provide a safe haven for them. We're called as the people of God to make it as easy as possible to be a bridge into this place called the household of faith. But a Babylon place could be a major life relocation, not of your own choosing. It could be aging. And there's a lot of us right now that we're finding out the saying that aging is not for the faint of heart. I can tell you that. And I like to say it's about making as many adjustments as you can till you can't make them anymore. So let's keep on going. It can be a job loss. It can be a loss in your family. Tragedy strikes and we find ourselves in this Babylon. It doesn't feel like home and we are no longer in control. We no longer control the narrative. In this country, this great land of America that God has poured out His blessings, Christianity no longer controls the narrative. How many understand that? We are literally seeing prophecy fulfilled that in the last days, that men would call and women would call, humanity would call what is right, they would call it wrong, and what is wrong, they would call it right. And, and beware of the person that dares speak out and says, well, I don't believe the values of the culture because my, the Word of God says this, just be ready, just be ready if you do that, and beware. But God is there, the exile, praise his name. I want to share with you quickly some funny differences between the generations. This first came to me the other day. I called my dad. I said, Dad, we'd like to come up Friday night and, and Saturday, and I want to go up where, where my nephew Tyler is planting a church and, and, uh, and just see what's going on. Um, he said, okay. And it, he, he said, oh, there's the, the doorbell. I've got to answer the doorbell just one second. And for years it's been, if I'm, we're on the phone with him, it, we always get hung up on. And then they call, oh, I don't know what happened. You got hung up on. So, but anyway, he said, the woman's here to give your mother a permanent. How many know what a permanent is? I said to Chris, what is a permanent? She said, babe, they're called perms now. It's a generational term. I thought a permanent, what, what are they, permanent what, you know? And uh, Chris said, no, I don't get permanents. And I said, well, what do you spend that, like, $130 for? What, you, what do you get back for that? She said, oh, they cut your hair and they color your hair. And I said, okay, keep doing it. I'm, I'm moving on, I promise, okay. But there's some things, for instance, the Gen Z, and they're roughly born from 97 or 95 to 2020, the present doesn't recognize like floppy disk. Etch-a-sketch. They don't comprehend a blockbuster trip to rent videos. Netflix, Hulu. By the way, there's some really cool stuff on, yeah, Netflix. Um, Dunkaroos. That's a favorite kid's snack in the 90s. Okay, Autumn still has, yeah. She, well, you can't buy them anymore. Uh, Walmart has a version of it, but they went out of business in 
2012. Accessing, how about this? Accessing the internet using dial-up. How many remember that? Oh, gosh. I'm telling you, mostly young, they'd die. Pay phones, landlines, millennials. How about, how many, how many millennials? They're sort of about born 1981 to 1995, 1997. Understand there's always overlaps of the generation. I have a lot of traits of the builder generation, but I also have a lot of traits of the boomer. That's who I am. But I have, I'm sort of in both worlds. Green stamps. How many remember green stamps? Okay. Most millennials because they didn't have it. That was a customer loyalty program. My mom would go to the grocery store. She'd buy a certain amount of things, and they'd hand her a strip of green stamps, and she'd put it in that book. She'd lick those stamps and fill those pages, and when it got all said and done, she could go and get a spaghetti bowl or something. Or if you had enough, you'd get a toaster. Um, Okay, so we, we say, oh, Gen, Gen Z, they, they think a floppy disk, that's a, that's a save thing on, on, your, on your laptop. And so we say, ha, 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 you know. But even, even the millennials, most of them aren't familiar with the 8-inch floppy disk. Anyone remember that? that now, we're, now we're talking. Okay, tab soda. How about the heartthrob, Ricky Nelson? How about slide rules? How about for the guys, the dreaded rope climb in gym? Remember that? They don't do that stuff anymore. Okay. Um, just the pet rocks, Instamatic cameras, and Gen X is called the forgotten middle child of the generations. It re really are. Most people don't know, but it was the Gen X. Gen X, through no fault of their own, they started buying homes in the mid tooth like 2005, 2006, 2007, at big-time inflated prices, and all of a sudden the, the bubble hit, and they were a generation that lost 45 to 50% of their wealth just overnight like that. But they've also led the way in many social causes. And so I looked at all things, and some of them are funny, but the other thing I believe that we need to do is embrace all the generations. There's a vast internet influence today because for the gospel of Jesus Christ, not because of the builder generation and not because of the boomer generation, but because of Gen X and Gen Y and even now Gen Z. God wants us to embrace those things that are different than ourselves. But what's it like in Babylon? We're excluded and we find ourselves with different values and living on the margins, but I want to, I just want to say this, God has a home for us. Can someone say, God, praise God? It's called the household of faith, and that never changes, and he's invested in building this thing, and it will never lose value, and it's for eternity. Let's come on home. The second thing is, what will we do when we find ourselves in Babylon, verses 5 through 7? The first thing Build houses and live in them and paint garden, plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and become the fathers of sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters and multiply there and do not decrease. Multiply and do not decrease. Church, God's plan for his church and for your life is to multiply. Praise God. It's not to hold the fort. 
Seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will have welfare. I was talking with the staff the other day. I was recalling some old gospel hymns that we sang when, we, when I was growing up. Like, hold the fort. How many remember hold the fort? It was a mentality, and it was, it was this. Uh, hold the fort, for I am coming, Jesus. Answers still, you know. And then you go on. There was, there was always a chorus. But the mentality was, was this, that the whole world was against us, that we should just hold the fort, sort of hunkered down. And one day, Jesus is coming back, and it's going to be all right. I'm going to tell you that's not God's plan. God has always had a people in exile in Babylon. Our generation, we are still this generation in America, our most blessed of all people in the world. And no matter how hard we have it, and it might feel that we're exiled in Babylon and we are excluded, but the truth of the matter, there is still so many opportunities for us to thrive and to bless our city that we find ourselves in or the situation that we find ourselves in. Remember, we used to sing a song, Looking for a City, Here Among the Shadows, Living in a Foreign Land, Where a Bunch of Pilgrims on the Move. And it was so good to be able to sing that, to know that we had a hope in heaven. That was what that was about, a hope in heaven. But it's not so good when we think that we're all abandoned and the only hope we have is another song that we used to sing, Some Glad Morning When the Day Has Come, I'll Fly Away, I'll Fly Away. If that's a hope, praise God, we could even sing that today. But our, the hope is not, that's not the only hope that we have. God is there in the exile, praise his name. And so I talked with Pastor Scott Bailey the other day, and I knew his dad, Barney, a little bit. Boy, he was, he's a good, he was a good man. His mom was. Scott told me, he said, uh, I was with my dad. He said, I, I looked in, I looked in, and he said, <laughs> he had, they had the Gaithers on. How many know who the Gaithers are? How many like the Gaithers? How many don't like the Gaithers? Oh, no, 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 not in church. How many say that's not your first choice of music, the Gaithers? Well, let me say something. This is a man that loved God. Bread and butter citizens, honest day's work for an honest day's pay, who came into Pentecost, was baptized in the Spirit from a church that really didn't believe in that, and they become they become part of Trinity life way back in the day. And Scott said, Paul, I looked in there, and my dad was bedfast, and he was so weak, but the Gaithers are on, and they're singing, what a friend we have in Jesus. And he's trying to lift his hands up to the Lord to praise God. See, He's found a home. He already found a home. He doesn't have to wait to heaven. And he said, I was there. He said, my sister was there, and an old friend of his heard that he was in rough shape, and he stopped by that day just to visit with him. And he said, I laid my hands on him, and I was praying, oh, God, for my dad. And he said, when I opened my eyes, my dad had passed away, no struggle, no problems, safe in the arms of Jesus. I'll take that any day of the week. How about you? 
And that's for all the generations. We might arrive at that in different fashions, but that's what God has for us. So what can we do? We can conform to this world. But God's Word says, don't be conformed, but be transformed. When we copy and conform to this world, it takes the life out of us. It's like the squash beetle that gets in the vine and it withers it away. Or we can consume, a mindless consumer. What's the latest fashion? What do I have to have so that people will like me? Or, or we can be good stewards. God, what do you want me to do? So we can conform, we can consume, or we can condemn as a person or as a church. This world is going to hell in a handbasket. Look where they're going. That's, that's not of faith. How many understand that? God has not called us to be spiritual pessimists. Embrace this place where we live in. Embrace the place where you find yourself. Is it turning out the way you want it to turn out? It, probably not in Babylon, not at first anyway. You heard this for Pastor Bobby, felt he had a word from the Lord. Don't count yourself out. God's at work in that situation. When we were at Elevation Church, Melbourne, that sermon, I still remember it. When It was when Jesus came in the wilderness to be baptized by John. And when John saw Jesus coming, he said he would have prevented Jesus by being baptized by John. He, he thought. He thought that he shouldn't do it because Jesus was greater than him, which was true. But Jesus wanted John to baptize him. And in that situation where you are, God has a way for us to thrive and to be a blessing in that place. And so we, we are not called to be past tense people when our main song or main complaint is, who moved my cheese? Now that's a real builder a real boomer book. Who, how, who all has read that book, Who Moved My Cheese? Yeah. And what it was about, the cheese showed up every day. The mice showed up every day. I think there was a maze, if I remember it. You all need to get that book, okay? And stop thinking the world's supposed to conform me and hand out things to me because I'm entitled. You know, you're not entitled, okay? So, but these mice... The cheese would show up. They'd go through the maze and they'd get there and the cheese was there every day. And one day they went there and the cheese was gone. And some of the mice, they started whining and singing a song. Who moved my cheese? Who moved my cheese? It's not fair. Look what the world has done to me. But then some of the mice got hungry enough and I can see them now with their little My wife hates mice. <laughs> she has traps for them since our cat died. All right. Mice, beware. You better not like peanut butter is all I can say. Whack, you're gone. But they start sniffing and smelling, going here. And they took a risk. And they found the cheese was in another place. God wants us when we're in that particular Babylon where we find myself. The cheese is still there. Praise God. But not to be spiritual pessimists and condemn everybody that's around us or condemn the younger generation. 
or condemned because we don't sing all the hymns anymore. We don't, or that we don't sing hold the fort or looking for a city or I'll fly away or I've got a mansion over a hilltop. But I like our songs today. How about you? Oh, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. They didn't sing that when I was a kid, but we're singing it today, praise God. God has a better way. It's to bless, to create, and to carry on, to love your new home, because God has not abandoned us in Babylon. Can someone say amen? God has not abandoned us in Babylon. He has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for you, for me. He has a purpose for his church that is greater than yourself. God has something more that's greater than we can ask or think or that we can imagine if we allow God in our life and to be used for his purposes by blessing the city or the situation that we are in. Praise his name. The question should not be, Who moved my cheese? But what does God want to do in this situation? Praise God. How can God be glorified? I want to share a quick testimony of Bell and June. Bell and June are becoming um, members next week. Next week's New Member Sunday. We'll have a lot of people uh, becoming new members. We'll recognize them. I, I read their membership application the other day. And I've titled this, Finding God, Finding Jesus in Exile, which to them was Saudi Arabia. They were hired to work in the city, capital city, in a government-run hospital, and they were told in no uncertain terms. They were to not bring any religious material, no Bibles, no religious material. The only thing that was there, the only religion accepted was Islam. And if they did, no matter what country they were from, they would receive strong lashes to the back and they'd be deported immediately. They weren't serving Jesus, but they both found Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and were baptized in the Spirit in Saudi Arabia. Why is that? What they encountered was the underground church in that government-run facility that they worked. And someone was bold enough to ask, June. June. No, June is the guy. Bella is the woman. Bella, like beautiful. We've got our own Bella Summers here. Someone asked Bell, would you come to a Bible study with me? And kept up, kept up, kept up. And she came and then Bell knew June and said, June, would you come? And they both gave their life to Jesus Christ in Saudi Arabia. Because someone said, Our God is greater, praise God. We're called to be a victor. And no, we can't meet on Sundays or whatever day. We can't do this or we can't do that. Yes, God's moved our cheese, but we happen to be the cheese that people are looking for, all right? And we're going to go. We're going to be persistent. And these two wonderful people next week are going to stand in front of us. They're going to be received into membership. Can someone say, praise God? Bless the Babylon, bless your Babylon, because in blessing we are blessed. Verse 7 says, for in the welfare of that city is your welfare. And I just want to float this out there. Look, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen in our next political election. I don't know. I don't like the way our country's headed. 
I just don't like it. But I'll tell you this, that God is in control. And if I take the attitude of condemning everybody and everything, it gets in my spirit. How many understand that? How many understand it? I'll just give you, just give you a quick example if I can. Um, there's, I don't know, there's 15 or 20 women going to the ROAR conference. How many of y'all are going to the ROAR conference? Yeah, there you go, ROAR. My wife is going, and she said, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's changed so much, you know. We talk. She said, I'm going. I'm going. Well, it's a different format. It's louder than it used to be. It's not the same. But last year they had 600 women. How, hard telling how many women they're going to have. I know this is the first women's thing at, at Grace for a long, 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 long time on a district level where there's so many people going. And God bless you all, you ladies. Get to sleep two or four to a bed, whatever you do. Just enjoy it and have a wonderful time. But God is doing something, but it's in a different format. How many understand what I'm saying? But we bless it because in its welfare is our welfare. Now listen to this. Proverbs 10, 11, verse 10 and 11. Let's put this up. When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, there's joyful shouting. And by the blessing of the upright, listen to me, church, by the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. But by the mouth of the wicked, it is torn down. God's called us to bless the city. Praise His name. And so I want to I close with this. The band is going to come. What should we do? Live in the certainty of God's promises. First of all, God has a plan. God has a plan. It's a bridge to a guaranteed future and a hope. For I know the plans that I have for you. Verse number 11, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not calamity to give you a future and a hope. God has a plan for you. God has a plan. It's made possible by Calvary, Jesus suffering for our sins. When Jesus was hung on that cross and spread out his arms. They were nailed out to the fullest. He embraced the whole world, everybody. It's a plan. For you and for me, it's a plan is based on the promises of God. God also has a present for us. He said, seek me and search me. Verse 12, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. God wants us to know, church, God wants us, everyone that's in here, that when you call on God, you've got God's ear. You have got God's ear. We can talk with people. It's wonderful to have friends. But the only one that controls the situation is God. He has all the levers, all the buttons. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart, and I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And God has a future. That future is to be restored and brought back because no one is too far from God. 
I will restore your fortunes and will gather you from all the nations, from all the places where I've driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from where I sent you into exile. I just want to say this morning, welcome to your new home. It's the household of faith. Praise God. And today, because of Jesus Christ, we can have a wide entrance by giving our heart and our life to Jesus. That's what it takes. Say, Lord, Lord, I want to find a real home. I want to love you. Lord, I want to know that when I pray that you listen to me. Where God is our good, good father, praise God. Jesus is our elder brother, whoever lives to make intercession for us. Praise his wonderful name, praise God. I'm going to ask you to bow your head right now if you would. First of all, would you raise your hand if you say, Pastor Paul, I needed to hear God's word today. I believe that God was speaking to me, and I'm asking you to pray as I acknowledge my hand that the Lord, the Lord would help me and strengthen me as I go forward. What do you want? Just lift your hand right now. I believe God has spoken. To yes, 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 yes. God's spoken to me today. Yes, yes, yes. Secondly, if you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want to give your heart to Jesus, this is the time to say, that's me. When I count to three, I'm going to ask you to do a very simple thing. That's to lift your hands. Just lift your hands. We're not going to embarrass you by making you stand, but this is a sacred moment. This is a moment when we can become born again and come into the family of God. We give our heart and our life to Jesus. On the count of three, one, two, three. Lift your hands this morning. Just lift your hands this morning if you want to give your life to Jesus. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Praise the Lord. In Jesus' strong name, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We bless your name today that you are there in the exile. We don't have to be exiled and excluded, but Lord, we choose to bless so the city, so the situation can be exalted. For in its welfare is our welfare. We thank you in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.